Hey there, Grease Wheels Nation. This is Eric. I'm the producer here on the show. And before we get started with today's episode, I just wanted to tell you about this company that we just started working with. They're called the Toolheads Crate. Now, if you've heard any podcast in the last like 10 years, they're always, always, always selling some crate full of loot or food or bric-a-bracs or whatever. This crate company, Toolheads Crate, they are a crate company made for you, the listeners of the Grease the Wheels Nation. Now, I just got one of these, and I'm here to tell you, it was loaded. It had tons of discount codes, t-shirts, coupons, and, you know, some of the little things from some of your favorite tool companies that really sort of give you a taste of what they have to offer. Now, their slogan is cheap box better stuff. That's right. They aren't gouging you with fancy shipping and fancy advertising. They're getting a cheap box and they are loading it full of stuff that's going to make your life easier, going to give you a little bit of swag, and, you know, hey, it's going to save you some money down the road. Now, this month's crate theme is America in honor of the 4th of July, and the crates, they ship out on the 15th of every month. Now, they are $35.99 plus exact shipping, which is, well, let's be honest, probably a lot less than you owe your Snap-on guy right now. And somehow, on top of all of this, They give out one golden wrench box, which is absolutely loaded for one lucky winner every month. Now, what's in the golden wrench box? Well, previous winners have won things like a Milwaukee M12 Stubby Impact Set, a professional TPMS relearn and program tool, and last month they gave away three complete tool sets from Motivex Tools. Still, just $35.99. In addition to that, they are giving Grease the Wheels listeners 10% off their first crate with the code GTW10. That is GTW as in Grease the Wheels and 1-0. So head on over www.toolheadscrate.com. That is Toolheads with a Z, crate.com. Now I think it's time to let Uncle Jimmy off the leash, so enjoy the show. All right, boys and girls, welcome to Grease the Wheels. It's your Uncle Jimmy live coming to you from the Rock and Roll Garage. Behind the mic, bringing you the stuff you need to know, the stuff you want to know, the stuff you probably don't give a shit about. All right, now the subject of today's podcast is <laughs> I've been <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing already. I'm sorry, I apologize. Uh, I've been reading uh, lately, which I do occasionally, even though I'm not very good at it, uh, about the shortage of technicians. And uh, it's funny because everything that I read and everything that I've read, at least so far, has been from the fixed ops side of the equation, okay? It's from the management side. It's uh, people who run dealerships or tell other people how to run dealerships or our service managers or that those sorts of people. And uh, let me just tell you right now, straight out, without saying anything, these people don't know what the fuck they're doing. Seriously, I am not making that up. Because what they'll do what they did, and I read, like I want to say, I read about three or four different articles on it. And these are all people who are, you know, they have they have a master's of business degree and they're, you know, they have uh, uh, all kinds of uh, college education and they've been running businesses for a long time. So they know what they're talking about. And in reality, they haven't got a fucking clue. Or, or actually more than likely, because I don't suspect they're all completely fucking stupid. 
they have a clue, but they don't want to let you know what it is. And I'm dead goddamn serious about this, folks, especially you technicians out there listening to this podcast. They know what the fucking problem is, but they're not going to say it out loud. Okay. And I, I don't know exactly why, why they wouldn't mention it out loud, why they wouldn't focus in on the real actual problem. I can, and I know very well that you can. And the problem is the job doesn't pay shit. Okay. There it is. I said it out loud. But none of these fucking people that pretend to be experts and go around and advise other people would get right to the fucking point. No, they beat around the fucking bush and they never address the actual issue. It's the fucking money, people. It's the money. What they'll do is, and this is funny the way they do this, they dance around the subject by saying, well, you know, the median the median salary for a technician in this country is about $69,000 for a trained and experienced master technician. Go, yeah, that's fucking great. And, it's, and then what they do is they compare it to a salary for somebody else who they deem is somehow in their mind or in our mind supposed to be equal or, you know, this, on the same level as what we do. I can't actually think of any what these uh, particular salaries were right offhand, but they go, that's right in line with the median average income of, of everything else in this country. So that's great. But you know what? You know it, and I know that we're not fucking average, not by a long motherfucking shot, okay? Because what we do is hard to do. What we do is physical. The things that we need to know would boggle your fucking mind. It boggles my mind, some of the shit that I have to know. It boggles my mind when I learn something new that I didn't know before so I could fix something that just came out three fucking weeks ago that isn't working right. That blows me away, folks. I can't keep up, and I'm doing the fucking job. And you know what I'm making? Yeah, about 52, 55K a year. Okay, so, and I'm not complaining. I have no bills. I don't have a wife or kids. If I did that, I would probably be complaining bitterly. But do you see where the problem is? Is these fucking people who, are, oh, by the way, are probably making well over six digits a year are telling us that, well, you know, the median average income for a technician is like 60, 62 or $65,000 a year. That should be plenty for them. Well, guess what? It's fucking not. Okay, it's not. When you take into account the shit that we got to do, the shit that we got to have to do what we do, and then the shit that we take for doing what we do, it's not fucking worth it. And I'm telling you right now, and, and this is for all the fucking talking heads out there who might accidentally listen to this, because I know they don't really actually give a fuck about people who are actually doing the job now, which I'll go into a little later, but we have to bring more to the fucking table than you do. What do you have, a briefcase and a laptop and you punch in your little numbers and your facts and your figures and all your other assorted horse shit? Okay, great. And you proclaim that you're an expert? That's great. That's just fucking beautiful, okay? Well, I'm gonna proclaim right now that I'm an expert when talking about technician affairs. How about that shit? Should I get a raise because I've given myself a fancy fucking title? Yeah, I don't think so, okay? I'm out there breaking my chops doing this podcast for my fellow technicians so that maybe one of you stupid fucking retarded talking heads will pull your head out of your ass and realize that the problem is the money. And it's a simple formula. It's a real simple formula. This is the number that makes it all work. This is the number. Are you ready, boys and girls? This is the number. 48. You see, the number 48, if that was your rate per hour as a technician, 
And instead of working flat rate, which is a fucking complete fucking mess from the customer's point of view, if you made $48 an hour and you worked only 40 hours a week, not 45, not 47, 48 or 50, where you didn't work six days a week plus Saturday, 40 hours a week doing this incredibly difficult, mind-numbingly taxing and physically demanding job. If you made $48 an hour and you worked 40 hours a week, you would make a little over $100,000 a year. And I know myself personally, and I believe a lot of you feel the same way, that if you could get a job where you worked reasonably hard for just straight 40 hours a week, and you made $48 an hour, and you earned $100,000 a year, you know, roughly $2,000 a week, you could be content with that. You'd be happy with that. You would complain a lot less about a lot of the things that bother the living fucking shit out of you. You could put up with crappy management or service advisors who don't know what the fuck they're doing or customers who are just fucking jerk offs and yell and scream about things that you have no control over. You could deal with it. Do you know why? Because you're well paid. And that's really what it comes down to is being well paid. And everybody's concept of being well-paid is a lot different. Management's idea of a technician that is well-paid is obviously a few thousand dollars off from where we think it should be. And they're, they're oblivious to it. And I don't care how many technicians quit, they're gonna be oblivious to it until the end of time. Because when you run a business, obviously, you wanna pay the least amount of money you possibly can to have an employee work for you. You want to give him the absolute minimum amount of money you can and still have him come work for you. But do you stick your head so far up your own ass that when they start quitting and leaving and leave you short in your shop, when they leave you without somebody to do all the fucking work, that you're just going to continue to believe that you can pay them as little as you want to or as little as you think you should and still have them work for you? No. You're not good. You're, you're, you, that's the problem right there is that they want to live by the old rules when the old rules are out the fucking window. We'll leave in a fucking minute. We never, no, not, no technician I ever, ever met or ever, ever saw brought his toolbox into a shop and took the fucking wheels off of it. No one's ever done that. In fact, we lean over and we grease them on occasion. And you know what? Some of the stats that I compiled from some of these articles and some of these sites that I was looking at about technician shortage, they bear this out. Most shops have about a 27% turnover rate, which is over a quarter. So if you work with 10 guys in a year, you're going to work with at least two different guys. That is if they can find two different guys to replace the two guys who left. And then the next year, two more. And then the next year, two more. Or actually, it's two and a half. So... One year, two guys leave, and one year, three guys leave, and that's how you get that 25 to 27% turnover rate. That's what's going on. And these fucking people that run your shops, that run your dealerships, these fixed ops morons, they have their head wedged so far up their ass, they're like, oh, well, you know, th th that guy didn't, didn't like this, that, or the other thing. No, he didn't like the money. If somebody's well-paid, they could certainly put up with a, an extraordinary amount of horse shit. I know. I know. As I was paid very little at my last job, it actually cost me money to work there. And so whenever I got even a remotely small bucket of shit, it pissed me off. And eventually that was why I left. And they had no clue. They had no idea what they were up to. And yet they were still successful. This is the other part that kills me is that their success is tied directly to us. 
okay? Because as I've said before, we're the fucking talent. Nobody else in the building is fixing cars. Nobody else. Nobody else is fixing them. Nobody else can. So why would you endeavor to pay us as little as you possibly can? You should flip the script and try to pay us a little bit more to make us happy, to make us want to stay, to make us get better at it. Nobody seems to see things that fucking way. One of the articles that I read actually spelled out what the problems are and they were they worded them out a little bit differently than I did because I like to take large chunks of bullshit and munch them down into smaller bite-sized morsels, okay? And the three things that they found that were causing problems with technicians in the shop were that your career path is kind of murky. And they use the word murky. Uh, a career path for a technician, is there such a fucking thing? I've never heard of it before, actually. Uh, people hire a technician and they just want them to be a technician until they retire or die or both. That's not a career path. Now, uh, as far as technicians go, unless they move out of the shop and into either sales or parts or as a service advisor or even a service manager, there's no career path for them. Um, I've, I've worked in shops where, and, and I work in a shop now, where some of the individuals in there that are technicians want to be service advisors or even service managers. They want to move into the parts department, maybe, or they wanted to, to become the service manager. And this is just not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. This is not where they're looking for the next person to do that job. And it's too bad, okay? Because if I had a service advisor who knew how to, uh, sell things and how to talk to customers and how to get them to see things the way they are and the way they should be and that just happened to be a former technician that would be great and service managers uh, former technicians make great service managers because they're familiar with the fucking bullshit that we have to put up with on a regular basis and they can also see through some of our bullshit so they can call us out on some of some of that said bullshit, okay? Uh, one of the other things that they said was, uh, and the reason for having large uh, a large turnover in the shop is that the pay is variable. And uh, here's where I wanna talk about that. Now, some gentlemen out there can make a lot of money because they're very quick, very fast. Uh, they get cars in, they figure out what's wrong with them, uh, even if they're right or wrong, and then they get them out the door, and then when the parts come in, they bang them in, and boom, they're done, okay? And they can write a job story, and this is a part of that, okay? Part of that, the flat rate mystique, so to speak, that they can take a job, they can take a repair, and make it make money for them, okay? Uh, I've seen it, I've done it a few times myself, I kinda tend to stay away from it myself personally, but I've seen a lot of technicians who can take a repair where something came loose and all of a sudden they've got to replace a harness and then they don't actually have to replace the harness. The harness gets ends up getting thrown in the bottom of their toolbox. They claim the repair and even though they didn't do anything, they made five hours or 10 hours or whatever. And uh, they write a job story that says, oh, you know, we did this and we did this and we did this and it's a lot of bullshit, but nobody really questions them because the car is fixed, the customer's happy and the CSI was good and the warranty department at that manufacturer paid on the claim and no one knows, no one's any wiser. Sometimes they can come through and audit you, which they do, but they're not gonna catch something like that in an audit. They can't go back and pull that car in and look at it to see if the harness was replaced. They can't do that or, or whatever else it was that you said you replaced, 
okay? They can request the part, the old parts back, sure. Okay, great. All I gotta do is take that new part, throw it in a mud puddle for a week, run over it with the car a few times, damage the connector I said was damaged, and then put it in a plastic bag and send it back to you, and you're gonna go, yeah, you're right, it's fucked up. Yeah, no shit, because I, I fucked it up. Now, now, aside from that, there are people who are quick at flat rate and actually do do the job right, and these are the people that I, that I look up to myself personally because I'm not very fast, and uh, at times flat rate is my enemy because I like to try to do the job very completely and very correctly. But that's part of the problem with the pay being variable, and that's what they were talking about. This The pay is extraordinarily variable. Now, uh, I know that the manufacturer I work for, and I probably a lot of other manufacturers, are pushing the dealers, and not very hard, I might add, but they're, they're recommending to the dealers that they pay the technicians a salary. And there's reasons why the dealers don't wanna do it, and there's reasons why the manufacturers do want to do it, and all of their reasons are valid. The first reason is that if you are paid a salary to fix cars, you are gonna slow right down because you're gonna get paid no matter what. If you work on 10 cars a day or you work on two cars a day, you're gonna make the same amount of money. So why should you break your ass? And it's true, why should you break your ass if you're getting paid, you know, say, whatever whatever $2,000 a week divided by five is, what is that, $400 a day? Okay, say you're gonna get $400 a day salary and make $100,000 a year, and all you have to do is pretend to fix cars all day long or actually fix cars all day long, but you don't have to work on 10 cars or even 12 cars to make that much money because you're already making that much money. So that's the way the dealers look at it, and that's why they don't, they don't want to pay you a salary because you're not gonna work as quickly and you're not gonna make them as much money as you did before. It's pretty simple. I mean, why would you come in and kill yourself to make uh, 16 hours in a day when you're gonna get paid the same amount of money if you make six? It's just simple economics. And your dealer's gonna hate that all day long because obviously your dealer makes a lot more money if you turn 16 hours than if you turn six, so there's that. So why would they pay you to turn it down a notch when all they want you to do is turn it up a notch? or to just keep it turned up to the notch it was at. Now the manufacturers have a point too. They would like for you to be salary so that you could be more thorough in your diagnosis. You could be more correct with your conclusions and you could fix the cars properly the first time without having to fuck anyone in the ass over what you did or what you didn't do without having to claim that you did this when you didn't even really have to do that. That's why the manufacturer would like for us all to be salary. On top of that, if you're salary, you can take the time to do all of the ancillary stuff that really does go with the job, but is getting overlooked or neglected completely and totally because in, in the famous technician quotes, I don't get paid to do that, okay? Like tire pressures and topping off fluids and just basically looking the car over to see if the tires are okay and the, the brakes are good and the suspension's all tight and working properly and the transmission of the engine isn't leaking. This is all stuff that falls by the wayside when you're flat rate. You and I both know this. How much time are you gonna spend looking a car over if you're flat rate and there's another job out in the parking lot and if you don't get it in the next two minutes, the jerk off across the shop is gonna get it. You're not gonna look that car over at all. You're gonna throw it up to the wash department and you're gonna let them wash it. And if they get a flat tire on the way out the fucking driveway, guess what? I didn't make their tire flat. 
Should I have noticed it? Maybe. So that's why the manufacturers would like for us to be salaried. And it's a battle, and they go back and forth, and I don't think that it's ever going to change because flat rate is so fucking lucrative for the dealers. They're never going to change. They're never going to change. The only thing that will cause them to change is when there's no more technicians to turn all of those hours. And you know what? They're headed for that, boys and girls. They're headed for that in one hell of a hurry because no one is getting into this field. No one. There are very, very, very few individuals out there going to tech school now who will get out and be even halfway decent at what we do now and then want to keep doing it so they get to the point where they're as experienced and as trained and as good at what we do as we are now. They're not. It's not going to happen because the dealers are not going to want to pay them just like they don't want to pay us and they're not going to tolerate that. Why, should, why the fuck should they? You know, they've been... You know, you, you talk about millennials all the time. People talk about them all the time, how they're lazy and shiftless and they don't, they want everything handed to them on a silver platter and they, they want a trophy for showing up to work on time and, you know, all that horse shit. But in reality, why would they want to do a job that every single one of us, and I mean literally 100% of us say that we would not recommend anybody do, right? Am I right? Now, would you recommend that somebody let their kid go to tech school if it was possible for them to within seven to 10 years of getting out of tech school, they could be earning a six digit income of $100,000 or possibly even more. Would you recommend it then? Fuck yeah, you would. Cause you can buy things if you make that much money. You can afford to buy a new car. You could afford to buy a house. You could get married and have kids. You could actually afford all that shit instead of the wife having to go to work. Or if the wife does go to work, you could afford the daycare to watch your kid or kids. It's a much more livable salary. It's much more tolerable for us and for everybody. I, I, I mean, if you worked at McDonald's and you'd make 100K a year, you'd never fucking leave. You'd get a Big Mac tattooed on your fucking arm if they paid 100K a year. Because that you would never leave that job. You would never want to leave that job. Money is the main motherfucking reason that we all show up to work. And when it ain't there or when there ain't enough of it there, that's why we get the fuck out. Every fucking time, people... There might be some other situations or circumstances where we might say, fuck you, we're leaving, you know, but it's almost always the money. And here's the deal. Okay. I'm, I'm not Jerry Maguire, but God damn it. Show me the fucking money. These bastards, you know, they'll pay you whatever they pay you, 20, 25, $30 an hour. And they will treat you like they're giving you a fucking gift. Like they're benevolent, like they're the Lord almighty. And they're looking down upon you and saying, I bestow upon you this salary. And you're supposed to kiss their fucking hand and you gravel at their feet and say, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you for paying me so much. And then they turn right around. They turn right around and they charge the customers 125, 150, sometimes even all the way up to like $350 an hour for the fucking labor that you, the talent in the shop is creating out of thin fucking air. They turn around and sell it for anywhere from $150 to $350 an hour. And they put that shit in their pocket and when it comes time for you to get it, they don't wanna give you anything. I think we're paying you enough. I would love that if a fucking service manager said that to me because I would just haul off and knock him right the fuck out. We're paying you enough? I've seen your job and what you do. You're the lackadaisical one. And you are I know you're making six digits a year. All service managers make six digits a year. Should they? 
I haven't met very many that I would pay that much to for anything. All right, so listen, I have ranted and raved long enough, okay? And I got one little thing, uh, one other little thing I wanna talk to you about when it comes to pay, okay? Have you noticed, I have, have you noticed that if you look for a job and you go online and you look at some of these uh, sites that have jobs listed, job postings listed, like uh, Japridio is one of them. I, I, I'm, I'm not sure if that's even how you say it, Job Radio or whatever, or Indeed or Monster or any of these. If you see ads on there for automotive technicians needed at dealerships, be it whatever make it is or whatever brand it is, these ads all read really pretty much the same. They give you a great big fucking list of all of your responsibilities. And it's pretty fucking big, I gotta say. And it's not that big of a deal. We can do all that stuff. We've been doing all that stuff if we've been technicians for any amount of time at all. And then they list underneath that because of course they gotta tell you what the job description is first. And then underneath that, they detail all of the benefits of working for that particular company or that particular dealership or that particular brand dealership. They list everything there. They list, oh, you know, 401k, paid vacation, paid sick days, dental, health care, I, uh, what else, uh, you know, I mean, the list goes on and on. Employee purchase program, uh, specialized training. Uh, they list absolutely everything except one thing. They never put in there how much they're willing to pay. Never. They never. They do not put figures in there for how much to pay. Do you know why? Because they don't want to get in a bidding war. Suppose the dealerships in California posted how much they're willing to pay for technicians. Now they have to pay their technicians a lot because they have fucking taxes that would make most of you just pass right out. Seriously, it's kind of shitty. And the cost of living is really difficult out there. And also, if you live in a metropolitan area, because a lot of their dealers are in, wait for it, metropolitan areas, the traffic is fucking mind-numbing. It is not uncommon to live 10 miles away from a dealership and have a two-hour drive to work. It's not uncommon at all. Hell, I live four miles from the dealership I work at, and it takes me 20 minutes. And I could probably walk it faster. Honestly, I don't walk that fast anymore. I'm an old guy. but So when you see these dealership ads, you are never, ever, 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 ever going to see a rate of pay on them. Okay, because if somebody rolled into a dealership in, I don't know, Raleigh, North Carolina, and they said, well, you know, the guys in California are making $55 an hour, they'll just look at you and, and laugh you right out of the fucking building. That, you're not going to get that. Okay, they all have their little areas clamped down with their little dealer associations, and they've all gotten together and say, hey, we're not paying more than X amount of dollars for technicians in this area. Fuck them. Okay, and you know what I say to those people who say fuck them to us? I say fuck you, watch this. Now, they can complain all day long about there not being any technicians out there, but until they fucking take the wallet out and start fucking coughing up more money, the situation is never, never, ever gonna fix itself. They believe, they honestly believe that all they have to do is get new guys. Let's get some new guys. Let's put auto shop classes back in high school and get some of these kids in our dealerships, you know? And it's great because here's kids that know shit and they can pay them, oh, wait for it, shit, and they can come in and work for them. And maybe, just maybe, they'll work out. 
but more than likely they won't because I've seen a lot of new hires uh, since I've been doing this and I've only been doing it like 15 years or so. I've seen a lot of new hires that don't know their asshole from a hole in the ground. Uh, many of them have absolutely no dexterity in their fingers. They have no mechanical aptitude. And they uh, there's one particular individual who I'm sure you're all familiar with by now from my previous rants on these podcasts. Uh, he broke every fucking thing he touched. So you have to weigh the cost of getting someone up to snuff or keeping somebody who's already up to snuff. And uh, really what you need to do is... Uh, turn the greed down a couple of notches, open up the checkbook and cough up. Because I'm telling you, seriously, $48 an hour, when you're making 150, $150 or $160 an hour or even more on a repair per hour is certainly not gonna fucking hurt you. It is not gonna hurt you. It, yeah, it cuts into your profits. But how much does it cut into your profits not to have technicians on hand? It cuts into your profits a lot, okay? Because here's some figures. And uh, I think you boys will be very interested in hearing this, that uh, uh, industry standards are that each technician in a shop is worth about $1,000 worth of service a day. That's how much you're worth. You make, you create $1,000 worth of, of service sales a day. Now, if you have a shop like the one I'm in where there's 44 lifts, that should be $44,000 a day created by that shop. But... But when you only have 14 technicians, we're talking about $14,000 a day. That's $30,000 a day you're not fucking making. You want technicians, you need technicians, you have to cough up. And here's the deal too. If a technician is good for $1,000 a day and you're paying them $48 an hour and they only get paid for eight hours a day, regardless of what they do, you're making $600 on them. You're still making over 100% on the investment in that technician. So seriously, if you're a fixed ops guy or you're a service manager or you're somebody who's who's trying to address this problem or you're somebody who has to think about this problem or you're somebody who wants a solution to this problem, the solution is money. Pull your head out of your ass, take a good fat look at your wallet as your head is sliding out of your ass, open that fucker up, pay the guys you have now, they'll stay, they'll be happier, you'll like them more, they'll like you more, everything will work out a lot easier if you quit fucking us in the ass plain and fucking simple okay all right now uh that's enough of me i'm glad i didn't get as angry as i thought i was gonna this is a subject that really pisses me off uh, especially when i uh, see videos of some stupid old bitch talking head from some company that thinks they know everything about service departments and they they won't they beat they beat around the bush they they don't they don't confront the problem head on and tell you that it, it's money. If you're talking to people about coming to work at your dealership and they decline to come to work for you, it's the fucking money. If Jerry Maguire was here, he'd tell you right now, show me the money, bitches, okay? So, listen, I made it through this podcast. Uh, hopefully some of it will get chopped up and left out. Maybe not. That's enough of me for this podcast. This is your Uncle Jimmy. I'm signing off by saying, see ya. So that's it for this week's episode of Grease the Wheels. Make sure you tune in next week as Uncle Jimmy dishes on everybody's favorite generation to bash, 
the millennials. Now we're starting a new thing here on Grease the Wheels where we're going to take a little bit of time at the end of each episode to just give a shout out to another automotive content creator. And this week we are giving a shout out to Rust Belt Mechanic. He's over there on YouTube. He just dropped a video yesterday about the top five tools I regret buying. And well, we've all been there. So make sure you give that a watch. Give him a subscribe. Take a little bit of time. Leave us a review all that good stuff, and make sure you keep telling your friends about Grease the Wheels. That's it for this week's episode of Grease the Wheels.